I'm Ryan Johnson. I'm Tyler Schmidt. I'm Lou Janu. And this is Car Talk, a podcast about trading cards. We're here to teach you everything you need to know about flipping cards. Whether it's the next breakout rookie, a new Magic the Gathering release on the way, or Pokemon's 25th anniversary, we'll break it all down. So sit back and listen up. Those cards collecting dust in your closet could make you some real cash. Welcome to Card Talk. All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Card Talk. I'm Ryan, joined as always by Tyler and Lou. And today we have another packed episode. We're going to talk about a little bit about Josh Luber's uh, paper that he recently put out about trading cards being cool again. Going to get into some Facebook uh, Q&A. We've got play of the week and, of course, latest launch. But we will start, as always, with what's on your mind. And Ty, I think we're going to start with you as... Lou pointed out before we started that you've got some new lights in the background and mm-hmm. they seem to change color at random. Yeah, I just I had to get focused over the weekend, you know, and I brought in a new light bulb. Kind of holds me down a little bit. Keep the energy fresh. Lou's got a tree back there, so I needed some. I was thinking about getting like, you know, the sun lamps because it's about to get like real dark real early in the world here. for the desk for the for yeah the, like just right here to keep you alive yeah. yeah i get it the main thing that's on my mind other than the light is <laughs> Jokic bodied my man morris last night that was crazy steph steph curry i just need to get all of the steph curry cards he went for 50 last night right yeah he was just being silly he was being super silly and then what i'll say at the end to finalize my what's on my mind, even though it was brief. I got cleated so hard playing soccer last night and was in so much pain and continue to be in a lot of pain right now. And so whenever you're watching footy and there's a dude rolling around on the pitch, realize that like probably lying. half inch <laughs> metal spikes are going into these dude's toes and ankles and it hurts a lot. That's what I leave you with. What time did you play last night? Like 10, 15? Nine. Oh, okay. That's pretty early, honestly, for that league. Yeah, I know. But I didn't sleep that well, and then I got a bad ankle. Woke up not feeling too hot. But we got the light, so we're good. And we got the boys. Lou, what about you? Now, take your time, Lou. You got, you got a little extra time this week. Tyler gave you a little, uh, little more time than usual. That's a good point. Jason's going to love this. Keep on the thing. That I've been thinking about the most. I have to be honest. The thing I spent the most time thinking about over the last like four or five days is Vivi. Like I just love Vivi. And let me give a quick synopsis of why I think it's different than other stuff. I think I've been the one who's been pretty anti like quote unquote digital collectibles, NFTs, things of that nature. People would so people would say I'm anti NFTs. It's not true, but. I think the partnerships that they're working, that they're running with are actually really interesting. Like the ones that Disney ones that came out today are really interesting. I did try to buy one. I didn't get one. I will be trying again today. I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. Jay, you're saying Pokemon soon, supposedly. Like this is when you lose me. Like Pokemon's going to put out their own NFTs. But I'm very interested in this thing. I'm very interested in the little community that's building up around it. There is, of course, a community of flippers. I think there's a real community of collectors with Vivi as well, which draws me to it. And so if you don't know about Vivi, I'd recommend checking it out. I definitely do not know anything about it. Get on that, right? Other than you and Jay and Ty texting about it every now and then, I'll see it pop up. Um, definitely don't know anything about that. Uh, what's on your mind? It definitely sucks to lose 
fantasy football games um, in work leagues by one point. I mean, just absolute soul crushing, you know, to be up 37 points with only for, with, you know, Dustin having Fryer Muth and Najee Harris left is an absolute just soul crusher to the start of your week. Dustin buried um, you. Just buried me. And right. And, you know, we were live on whatnot last night selling stuff and just, you know, kind of derailed it at the end as we're down to the final like five or six cards. And I got to watch Dustin kick and shout and celebrate as, uh, you know, he's also a Steelers fan, right? So mm. not only does he barely beat me, he barely beats the Bears. So he gets both wins when I was, you know, hopeful he would get, uh, you know, neither. So uh, definitely disappointing. Um, but yeah, I, to be honest, like I what's on my mind is actually really the next thing I want to talk about. Um, I know you guys said he didn't get through it all, but I read all of Josh Luber's paper about like trading cards and you know it says i think the title is like trading cards are cool again i read that i know jason had reached out and said it was pretty good and i had a couple people on instagram dm me talking about it saying it was pretty good and just wanted to chat a little bit about that there were some points i had taken from the article lou i believe you read some of it as well yeah i read chunks and i'm gonna be honest i'm not the best reader in the world so like when you put a nice screenshot in i'm gonna i'm gonna stop and i'm gonna read around the screenshot so i was reading around the screenshots primarily <laughs> you know i think for people like us the three the three of us here right like we know what's in there i I wouldn't say there's anything like too too sh- like shocking in there right it yeah, was more of like a of a get everything in one spot and josh did a really good job doing that there was a lot of that the timeline he did was really interesting where it was like this is what happened in 2021 in cards. It's like kind of crazy to look back on. But the one thing I did want to like call out up front is the way he had the pricing and the, you know, I think he said pricing people, companies, how he had that like broken out in terms of like where those three things stand. I think he said prices were the furthest along, which is probably fair. And companies were like the the newest and like still in the earliest stages. So yeah, so I think, you know, for people like us, we know what's in there. But for someone who's brand new into cards or is looking to catch up and kind of wasn't paying attention to the last year when things went down. I think that's a good recap. So there were uh, there were four there were four screenshots I took while I was reading it. I'm like these things stand out to me as like talking points that like I'm like this is what I agree with or this is very interesting. So the first one these are just all direct quotes or direct uh, you know paragraphs from the article. The first one says stated simply. Someone knows they are overpaying for a card now, but is okay doing so because they have disposable income. They want the card now, and most importantly, they believe it will eventually be worth that price. Whether that card stays at the new high price is a function of how many other people share that belief. If enough people believe that, then the future becomes now and we have a new market price. So this is when they were talking about, if you read the article, it talks about like the Mark E. Mark theory um, about like, how the two Jordan cards sold for 730000 in January, right? If two people believe that this is a million-dollar card and have disposable income, and they're like, hey, it's only worth five hundred now, but I want one. I know it's going to be worth a million later. I'll pay 700 for it now. That's how this kind of article talks about. I've done this, like, like as I was getting into cards more, and, like, when I was buying, like, LeBron Topps rookies, when those were, you know, PSA 9s were a few, a few you know, $100, not, I think now they're about 1000 bucks a piece. Um, like I remember buying nines for 165, which was full market at the time. But I remember this thought process in my head that like, Hey, this card, I feel like is a a good long-term hold. I'm going to buy it now and pay market for it. Right. Or above market for it. Because I believe in this card 10 years from now, I'm buying it for the future. Not for right now. Yeah. I would be careful around the whole, 
you know, people have disposable income they're spending. I think a lot of people are spending money they don't necessarily have, but that's something that I hold separately. Interesting. Yeah, now, so again, please, I'm not using this as like a, hey, go buy something you believe in. And sure, sure, sure. 1.25 market on everything. Yeah. Just was interested by the take, right? Yeah, I think that's probably another way to break down how the prices have risen over the last two years. You know what I mean? So the next one is something I actually brought up on Whatnot last night. And how was Whatnot? It was great. Yeah, it was good. I've gone live on Whatnot and Loop twice, and uh, we can talk more about that later. But I, they're they're both... Uh, you enjoying it? Yeah, I like them both. Primarily as a sale, like a form of like online shop sales trade night type deal? Yeah, so a mix of fast-hitting electric auctions with instant gratification, buy it now, don't have to wait, quick like the casino thing again that's where loop is like you want a box you want it ripped now here you go Mm -hmm. whereas whatnot takes the hey 30 seconds a minute sudden death it's electric there's no extended bidding winner go home 500 cards in under a minute right it's it's kind of cool so they both have and does it were you aware of like how many people were tuned in yes what was that number like last night uh whatnot we peaked at 360 and average was 225 240 that's great. And they're all probably like qualified buyers, meaning on there to want to grab something. I think so. Do you feel that obviously you have a brand and presence and community and can draw an audience? How about would you recommend for kind of people that have not been able to get to shows to check those products out and for sales stuff? Like, do I think people should use the apps to buy or sell? Yeah, like an individual that sets up at a show that doesn't have a big social media audience, are they going to be able to go on there and get an audience and demand for their Yeah, I mean, I was scrolling through like other lives when I was on both apps and there's typically a a decent amount of people on there. I think both apps do a nice job of like marketing, like, hey, people are alive, wide variety of stuff. I think, you know, that's what I like about both of the apps is they're, they're invested in the sellers on there. Like those apps don't want the people to, that want to use their product to fail mm-hmm. so they have a vested interest in anybody that decides to sell in the app yeah i've only I've, I've been hearing good things so i just wanted to tap into how it was for you a little bit but back to your second screenshot uh so the second screenshot talks about the point that i believe to be true in the long run is as technology advances and additional marketplaces pop up and are popular for sell buying and selling cards like loop like whatnot like many others, which I'll talk about here, it talks about the point that like people are looking for cars in different places and comps are going to fluctuate on different apps, right? So like it talks about here, like there's three different people. Somebody lives in California, wants a Kim K. I think it's talking about Kim Kardashian autos. Like somebody's in California, wants Kim Kardashian auto. They go to their local card store. The other guy was like uh, Carter, finds one at a card show. And then uh, another guy like is on like, loves the movie player one and finds one in the metaverse or just goes on eBay and buys one, right? So you've got three different people looking for the same card and finding them at three different places. And I think in time, that's going to play out interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out with eBay, Golden, Heritage, Alt, whatnot, Loop, card shows, card shops. Like there's a million different places to sell cards anymore. So like I saw somebody on Instagram the other day. I do not remember the account. Um, but it was, they posted a screenshot of a Clay Thompson NTRPA that sold on Golden and a Clay Thompson NTRPA that sold on Alt. 
the alt one sold for like twelve five. The golden one sold for like twenty some thousand, like twenty four thousand, mm-hmm. right? On like the same day or the same week of uh, they sold two different, two almost identical cards selling for completely different prices. I think that'll be interesting to see how that plays out in time. Aggregators of sorts, I guess. But yeah, yeah. The other thing is like uh, that. That's sounds like there's going to be room. It's kind of funny how things are always you know, like circular, like there's some sort of price guide that comes out that you can get all the different prices for all the different items, items that you're looking for, what, no matter what, uh, marketplace you're on, whether you're on eBay or you're on wherever else, you know what I mean? But I actually didn't think about this as an opportunity to plug card ladder, but like that's card, literally yes, why that's pretty much what card ladder is. That's why card ladder is They're amazing. as valuable as it is, right? Because they track all of those places. Right. So yeah, they're tracking totally. all of these private sales. I mean, I understand they're not checking card shows as much, but they do private sales, eBay, Golden, places like that. So I think it'll be, uh, I think that's why Card Ladder is so valuable. Totally. Next one. So this one talks about ROI, ripping wax, and the, the balance that companies have to have to make sure that, like, when you're ripping product, you still have the ability to pull something. So I'll read the whole paragraph because I just remember screenshotting it. I don't remember specifically, but it says actual ROI equals actual value of cards pulled plus appreciation plus expected value of player emergence over time plus the experience. This is, of course, different from the fact of that typical ROI is negative. Typical ROI is always negative, but how negative still matters. If the size of the difference grows too large, or the promise of future appreciation seems too remote, then people will stop buying wax. Insofar as wax is the lifeblood of the hobby, the potential for our industry's macro growth is very intrexibly tied up in this very tricky problem. It So it's pretty damn important we get it all right. Intrexibly. Is that the word? Inextricably? Inextricably? No, it's inextricably. Inextrably. Inextrably, I know what that word is. Then maybe that's what it is. In a way that is impossible to disentangle or separate. Yeah. Inextrably. There we go. Yeah. You know, I think think he's right about that. And everyone gets mad about there's a million different uh, parallels and packs and everything like that, which is true. It's annoying. There's too many, blah, blah, blah. But like... These companies got to make you want to open up, open a pack. You know, there, there's going to have to be retail exclusives, and there's going to have to be T Mall, like all that. You know what I mean? All that stuff. So it's kind of part of it. It's an unfortunate reality. What do you think is the most important part of that for the average person opening a box of, of that equation? I think it's the enjoyment more than anything. I think people will well. Will that's be glad about to lose money breakers, right? Really? No, I think it's about people just opening product in general. I'm not sure I'm saying that is the most, the number one thing for everybody. I think that's why a lot of people rip product, but I think the ability to pull six figure cards, like the lottery ticket aspect, like, because that's what a lot of it is, is ripping, like ripping is gambling. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I think it just depends on who you ask, right? Yeah, like, yes, that's fair. It's different for different people. All right, so the last one talks about uh this is a this is something we saw a lot. Like we heard I remember talking about this where people are like, "Hey, I can't wait to the days that box prices come down. I can't get any first off the line product. It's all the robots like all, you know, and that might have been the case, right? Bots are getting everything." So the the 
the section says, this, and this is the last one. It says, on sneaker Twitter, the paradox of supply is on full display at least once a week. Scroll through your timeline on release day and you'll see thousands of sneakerheads nursing their L's, ranting and raving that Nike does not make enough shoes. Their tweets are crystal clear. Nike, make more shoes. But they don't actually want there to be more shoes because then there wouldn't be rare and then they wouldn't be valuable and they wouldn't be cool. What each and every tweeter wants is for Nike to keep supply exactly where it is, but for he or she to be one of the lucky ones to actually get a pair. And I think this is important because I think that is what the exact same thing that translates to cards too. Uh You don't want Panini to make 10x the product they're making now so you can afford a box so cost goes down. You just wanted to be able to like, you want to be able to get one of those boxes at an old cost while the supply is the exact same. 100% the truth. We we talk about that on here too. Like it's like, you know, everyone wants just enough made for them to be able to get theirs and make their money or th- to be able to get theirs, period. Whether it's to open it, whether it's just to open it and then they can get a rare card or it's to sell it and make money. Yep. Agreed. Enjoy breaking it or to make money. You still want to be able to get one of them at the, at the price. So that's what I took away from it. Like I said, if anybody has time and, uh, interested in reading it, I would, uh, I would definitely recommend, definitely recommend it. All right. We're doing Q and a. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll get into Q and a again. If you guys ever want to submit a question for Q and a, make sure you check out the card talk Facebook group. Um, Jason will submit typically questions once a week for, uh, for Q and a questions on there. So make sure you guys check it out. So these are typically meant to be rapid fire. So we'll see how this goes today. Uh, it says Yaren asks rookie sticker auto versus second year on card auto. Rookie sticker. I'm going to go rookie sticker as well. Rookie sticker. On card is glorious, but. Yeah, the rookiness matters more. Yep. Agreed. All right. Ty Smith asks I'm a longtime collector of baseball, football, and basketball cards. But just like Tyler said in my last question to him, those aren't the three big sports. So if I was looking to expand my horizon into, say, uh, into say either soccer cards or f1 cards what would be the easiest way to learn those cards and what i'm looking for p.s astros still stink keep up the good work you stink ty i know there was something you talked one time about like the fifa rankings i know you were big on that yeah so i think what what they the first thing is what would be the easiest way to learn those cards what do you go to blowout like what do you look for calendar of release blowout release calendar so that's the first thing I do is I'd go to blowout release calendar and just look at the different sets, right? If you're coming in from a complete fresh eye perspective, first, you got to know what are the products that are coming out. Check out some checklists, start to get an understanding of what, what that looks like. Then you got to get into the players. There's many ways to do that. Obviously, Google is your friend, whether it's you want to find legends, whether it's you want to find prospects. That's all incredibly Google. There's the um, FIFA Ultimate Team Rankings. I'm trying to remember what the name of that thing was. Uh, Futhead is one. But you can to, to pretty much look up who are the biggest prospects. And it's just about doing the research that way. Checklist, product, research, listen to card talk. Go to 1.37 p.m. and read all the articles that we constantly put out. We just did a top 25 soccer cards, biggest soccer cards ever sold. There you'll get an understanding. PSA pop reports. Once you identify some guys you want to look into, check out there for their earliest uh, products. eBay, pick up raw cards, slab stock, et cetera. 
raw to grade, go through card collector to grading if you want, or just buy them straight off eBay, PSA, Jemmy's only. Yeah, <laughs> Jemmy's only. Um, <clears throat> I also think another way to do it is like, I like to follow breakers to know what product's coming out because That's like Friday one. nights, I'll just jump on Instagram as I'm just sitting on my couch, not doing anything. Who are some just, of your favorite breakers to follow? Uh, Car Collector 2, um, <laughs> Rated Rips, shout out Rated Rips. Those are my two favorites. And then I like rated to go rips, on loop. That Those are my two favorites. And then I go on loop. And loop is L-O-U-P-E. Correct. I go on the app. I see what's popping in there. I think that's a very undervalued part of the hobby and the learning experience is if you know nothing about cards, you can find out very quickly what is a good card and what is not a good card if you follow someone breaking that is honest, right? Like, hey, oh, nice. We pulled this uh, Mukoko rookie. Like, cool. Like, now you know, hey, this guy's good, right? People liked pulling him. I think you can learn a lot from watching a breaker or even box breaks on like YouTube or something like that if you want to watch it not in lifetime. But with the way the market's expanding, it's almost impossible now to not find somebody breaking live at this point, whether it's on Loop, whatnot, Facebook, Instagram. There's almost always, I mean, Cards and Coffee pretty much breaks 24-7 at this point. Um, so I think that's interesting. Uh, Ty, I, I haven't looked too much into it, but again, I know Card Ladder has a lot of data. I don't know. I promise I'm not being paid by Card Ladder. No, we're I, I promise, giving all the No, they just have a good product. But you're right. Go I believe their product is, is very good. Um, but you can go on there and like check the, check their, uh, like the card ladder. There's like 725 popular soccer cards on here. It talks about different players, different grades, raw SGC, PSA. Um, there's some product, but I, I was able to get on here and sort it by soccer and it, you know, I'm on the bottom and it, it literally ranks them in value where the number one card is the t- card Tyler wants the Ronaldo mega cracks, PSA 10, 137. And then you scroll all the way down and you get to Holland Autos or Mbappe 17 Select, PSA 9. You keep going and you get to... So the field, what is it, field level? Yeah, it's a PSA 9's worth 200 some bucks. Or a 2016 Ronaldo Select, PSA 10's worth 75 bucks, right? Just talks about a lot of different stuff on here. I'm not sure this is where you might deep dive into like some of the upcoming soccer guys. Like I think that's where you can learn more from like breaking and stuff like that. But in terms of like popular soccer cards now, I think this is a good tool. Agree. Alec Dudley said, for somebody in college, what is the best way to invest in the card market? Being on a budget during school is something I like. I feel like holds me back and I'd like to know the best way to invest while in school. So for me, when I did this in school, when I was trying to build a card business while going to college, typically what like, and I still do the same thing now, right? I'm looking for bulk that I can break down and, and do the work on, right? That's, the, that's where 90% of like money is made. That's why you save more money going to Costco than you do buying one thing at Walmart, right? The more work you're willing to put into it and the more you're trying to buy at one time, typically the better discount you get. So finding lots for $300 that I can break down and do all of the work on, right? Sell, you know, list them, scan them, ship them, because that's where you get the biggest break is doing all of the work, taking on all of the risk from somebody else, right? Somebody rips an entire case of absolute football. That's a lot of cards, right? A lot of sales, a lot of individual transactions, scanning, shipping, the risk that somebody wants to return them, or they're upset that the card is dinged or the the package gets lost on the mail. There is some, there's value there in taking on that risk for someone that doesn't want to do it. That's what I'm doing is I'm buying a lot for $500, $300, a thousand, 200, whatever you can afford. And I'm breaking it down, right? I'm doing the research ahead of time on eBay, checking what they're worth, 
I'm making good margin, but I'm doing all of the work. I'm doing the transaction, right? And there's also value in that. Selling the card, shipping the card, manage messaging customers. I think there's value in that too. So for me, that's what I would do. I'm of the belief if you do that one time, you will understand cards better than like 95% of people who do it. I think the combination of making a deal, doing research, sell a listing, selling, shipping is like the most all-encompassing thing you can do. And once you do it one time, you know how to do it for everything else forever. If you do that with 10 cards, you know how to do that forever afterwards. Agree with everything to hit a different angle at it. I also think that sometimes we people lack patience or like we see it in NFTs right now, VV, a, a lot of different places. But you can also... I think com- compounding savings, well, fine, whatever, but rally, I think is, there's some good stuff on rally. I think that you and if you're in a fraternity or your your freshman dorm floor, like going five ways on like a bit of a piece to like have for the four years of college, you know, I think that there's another angle that is a little bit more patient, obviously, if you want to get into the business of things, sure. but I, th- I also can worry that sometimes th- it is work. And and when I hear that question, it's like people want to make an investment in something, they buy something, and then they they don't know they don't see Agreed. it through, fair. and then it's just yeah, fair. a card fair. sitting there. It is, and I was also, I was going to say it's kind of like a research project in school, so you have to like really yeah. want to do it. Yep, agree. Yeah, you got to really want to do it, and if if that sparks and catches you, amazing. But there's a lot of individuals in college that want to invest, and then it's like, oh, I made forty five dollars. That's not investing. I bought. I paid that in beer last night. So I do think sometimes, cool, like think long-term. Go in for 250 bucks on something on Rally and see what happens in two years. Is another play. Is another play. Agreed. I, I love it a lot. Totally different perspective. Uh, agreed, 1,000%. Uh, Matt Merrill says, Jordan Love or Jordan Dove look like a bust on primetime. Is this... They saw Sunday night. Is now the time to double down or GTFO? I don't think it's fair to make a judgment off of a player, off of one start on a win. Oh, wait, hold on. We never made the initial bet, so I don't know where the double down comes from. I feel like Jordan Dove got, didn't get, you know, get the most praises, didn't get any flowers on this show. He didn't get any flowers. but I mean, he- Rye tried to sneak him in as like a potential guy that matters and... He had a. It's a tough ask to start on Sunday Night Football on a whim when your quarterback is, you know, in a little bit of a firestorm. No matter how you choose to perceive that, yeah, unique circumstances for his unique first start. circumstances is a great way to describe it. It's very yeah. unique. Yeah, some extra attention. Like people said about you know when I posted that thing on Twitter that blew up right. Totally just you know, satirical that like, hey, should the Jets move on from Zach Wilson with Mike White? And people are like, dude, you're overreacting. It's two games. I mean, Same thing true. here. Like, I'm right? kind of like, there. Mike White was kind of like Mike Francesco. Kind of, dude. Threw for 405 yards. No one else in the league did it that week. He also came out hot Guns on Thursday night. Hot. So, yeah, I just, uh, one game is definitely over an overreaction. I think time will tell, but it doesn't mean he's not good. It doesn't mean he's not bad. It just, one game's probably an overreaction. All right. Logan Elise says, where do you see car talk in five years? Over the hill for sure. Yeah, finished. <laughs> oh, super over the hill. 
Uh, where do we see Card Talk in five years? In Dallas. Late early. Just mucking it up. I, I was literally going to say, like, <laughs> literally in this exact spot, ideally. <laughs> I was waiting uh, for Tyler to say something about, like, the metaverse or... Yeah, we're bringing uh, in VR. Everybody's Facebook. got VR on. We did the metaverse. Live. Boys, we held a show called Card Talk Live. That was the metaverse. Yeah, but we weren't like a digital face. We might as well have been digital faces. I was in my bedroom. Someone called in from their car on the way to basketball practice. Like, we That's were metaverse out. I think it'll <laughs> be Tyler. naked, pulls up naked. It'll be Lou and, like, Zipper running, like, the show. And Tyler and Lou and I will just be, we'll just make guest appearances every now and then. We're going to be, yeah, the show is going to be live from New York. Um, Car talk? No, we're going to be out there. We're going to be out there for sure. Five years from now? We're already over a year in. We already over a year in. All right. So I know this question got brought up. Jason had mentioned this before. So it says, Lewis Hamilton or Tom Brady? Who is the goatiest goat? And I know what your reaction will be, but really think about it. So I don't know the history of Lewis Hamilton enough to give a fair judgment on this. So in my eyes, right, it's going to come. I mean, it's going to come down to who I know the the best. And it's going to come down to Jordan or Brady. I I think think those are the the two fair arguments. Jordan did not lose in the finals one time, but for Brady to win seven and go so many. He's playing janitors in the NBA Finals, okay? Uh, but also, like, he lost before the finals many times. Several. Like, it's, like I don't get the... It's the biggest lost crock the finals. of shit it's of all like, time. Because they were the best team. Like, Duh. He lost many times in the conference finals. Many He lost in the first round, I think, early in his career. The whole, like, he didn't lose in the finals. All right. Yeah, it's like uh, they beat the Bulls, they beat the Blazers in five, and, like, you know, the guy was selling insurance the next day. Yeah, it's like, ah, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, he's still, he's still epic. Brady. Brady's that dude. But I liked, someone responded, I got to get more active in the Facebook group. It's a lot of things to get active in. Uh, someone said I was going to say Messi. It was a good take by them. It was a good bit. And they said I'm probably not wrong because Messi and Ronaldo. Are- what's, what's Messi up to right now? What's he up to? He's in Paris hanging out. Just like, are they doing playing. anything? Yeah, they're going. Getting through Champions League right now. Like I feel like I hear about Ronaldo. Finding the and I formula. Heard about Messi at all? Well, that's because Cristiano Ronaldo's playing for Manchester United, the biggest club in the world. It's really that much of a difference, huh? I I kind of always thought of them on the same plane. Week in, week out, Cristiano, it's Manchester United, Premier League, way bigger U.S. audience. Week in, week out, Messi's playing in Paris against a bunch of small clubs in and around the country France. of France. France. Yeah, France. But it'll heat up for Messi big time, kind of towards the turn of the year. Champions League will start to go into uh, knockout yeah. stage. Are they going to play each other? That'd be lit. Manchester United is so bad right now. Oh, so they're not going to be in the Champions League. It would be a shock. It would Unfortunately. Be a shock. And the reason Ronaldo keeps coming up is because they keep like either winning by one goal in the last minute because he scores or they tie. because yeah, he, like, He's got the team on his back, right? Back. Fully on his back. And everyone else is shook because of it. Good for him. All right. So Tony Flores asked an important question. Says, are you guys coming to the Chicago Sports Spectacular this month? I really want to go to a show, but I'm not Chicago. (laughs) 
What's wrong with the Chicago show? It's the same place the Nationals held. I gotta I know. get on a plane and go to Chicago. But bro, it's brick out there right now. It's November, Chicago, for a car show. I'm going south. <laughs> yeah, Key West car show. Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah hold up. <laughs> Miami Beach car show. Like, what's what's going on? I am hoping to go uh, Friday. I'm hoping to go Friday. Ohio State plays. Oh, you're Michigan going. St- I'm hoping to go Friday. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Sorry, we just buried your show that you're going <laughs> yeah. to. It's all good. I, it's w- one of the best shows in the country. I've, I've heard it's a very good show. And I've been clamoring for shows. But yeah, I was I hoping, it, like, maybe a Atlanta, Atlanta show. I think unless you're someone like Ryan, it's very difficult to rationalize more than, like, a two-hour drive for me to a show. Well, he's also in Cleveland. Sorry. Yeah. In Columbus, Columbus. And it's six and a half hours. Columbus. Close. Columbus. Almost got half that right. And I'm saying it's cold. I'm saying it's cold out there. So they're cold. It's like Chicago, Ohio. Yikes. Let's move on. Luke Horton said, outside of the obvious, cards and NFTs, what other hobbies do you dabble in or would you? Golf. 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 In. Is pretty much my life outside of working, living, eating, breathing. Cards, NFTs, golf. Yeah, it's like cards. It's like life, you know, Reg. Yeah. Life, friends. Yep. And it's like cards, real close second, almost like intertwined. Yeah, part and of the And then mix. it's like Ohio State football, real mm-hmm. close after that. Mm-hmm. And then it's like golf, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's all I've got time for is those. I love that. We got to get on the links. Lou? I like to golf. I'm not very good at it. You do. You get on the sticks, though. Yeah, yeah so I'm like definitely – Lou and I are probably more comparable. Like Tyler's like a PGA Tour pro, so I think no. that's an important point out here. I've seen Tyler golf. I know Tyler, I know Tyler scores. <laughs> I can play decent golf, but I'm not no PGA. I'm an eighth handicap, so like we're getting there. All right, this is one we've talked about a couple times. I know we've talked about this a lot. Actually, I think uh, typically around Dallas, but Nick Tant asks a one – uh, a good question. It says card show setup prices on the front or the back of the slab and why? So we talk about this a lot. I think it is super, super important to have cards on price on the front of the card. The less somebody has to ask you the better, right? Like if somebody's going to ask every single card, like somebody might be willing to buy all of them then they got to ask the price and everything. Typically I've been an advocate that like, if you don't have prices on most of them, I'm not typically one to stop. I might ask a price on one or two cards, but if we're not close on the one or two cards I ask about, I'm just not even going to ask about anything else I might have interest in. It's a lot easier to find something that I think of it's priced, but that's just, again, that's more personal preference. Ty, you look like you're like... So I went to the notebook strategy, and the notebook strategy was huge for me, where I had everything, I had all my cards, my whole inventory priced out in my notebook. So someone would come up, how much, boom, I check the notebook and give them the price. It was like a mid-show pivot at National. I loved it. It held me down. We can refer to prior shows where I think I was really raving about it because it did me it did me solid. Lou, I'm a fan of the the sticker price on the front and then the drop dead price on the back. I think, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, "Why do you have a price that's too high on the front?" 
if you think people are every single person is in negotiating the card show that walks up to your table, you're lying to yourself. Every single person will try to negotiate with you no matter what. So you're better off just having a number on the back that you know you're comfortable with. So you don't have to pull up eBay in the middle of a back and forth. You just trust the number on the back and that's it. That's why I go notebook. It's like, yeah, same thing. What energy are you walking up to the table with? What are you trying to, how are we trying to dance here? All right. So this is the last one. I think this is an interesting question because I think this is important. Uh, Bryce Pelkey said, what is the biggest bad play you've made? Which players did you buy in on potential talent that never worked out in the eyes of the hobby? I have one in progress right now that I think might end up being an L. Joe Adele. Angels outfielder. I think Interesting. it's been two tough years for that guy. So might be in a little bit of trouble on those. I probably have a list of about 50 people that I can think of off the top of my head. Just start naming a couple. We'll just start. We'll just we'll get through a few. Nathan Peterman lost a shit ton of money on uh, that hurt. That guy's been a loser since the beginning. Yeah, he has been. Yeah, but when he started and then threw five picks in one game, that was bad. Um, Andrew Luck actually like talent wise was good. Definitely cost me some money. Uh, Martavis Bryant. Love the talent. Don't like the weed. Um, that 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 one hurt a little bit. Stay off the um, weed. Stephen A. Smith voice. Couldn't. Dude was talented. Uh, Haskins. I definitely lost some money on Haskins. Dude's uh, got some stuff going on in his world. Um, hate to see it. Tough scene. Um, got that. Who else? David Cobb. Titans running back from David Minnesota. David Cobb. Oh my David God. Cobb. That one hurt. Who else we got? I mean, the list goes on and on. And I think that like. Tyler's pulling out some of them showing if you're if you're not watching he's pulled out a bunch of random soccer guys but I think that's part of like learning in the hobby though right not you know you're not going to hit on everybody a hundred percent of the time yeah just it happens part of part of the the overall experience part of the game for sure all right my L's are right now Christian Pulisic that's an L right now it's an L based on the sizable investment that I made in the man ugh is an L at the Captain moment. America. He's, he's the future of playing. our country. He's the future. But of he's our coming country. back. We're playing Mexico. Mexico. <laughs> Ty, you want to get out of that bad investment? Let me know. This is no. This this puppy staying home. I bought this raw baby. This is one of the first cards I purchased on eBay. Firing from the Ty, hip. There's got to be a worse investment you've made than Christian Pulisic. Oh, I got my cards from Ryan too. The other one is yeah. Joe Eggs. Who you just hey, Lou, me. I think you did pretty well in those. If I'm I think not I did. I think I did pretty good, too. I also think you guys wouldn't submit anything that wouldn't at least eight. And like, I think I'm going to send the, uh, all these other ones. Keep to BGS. this card, though. Just, oh, BGS. OK. Virgil. Wait. We're just right, showing so off cards now. Sticker auto. T- yeah, Ty is just showing off cards. Joao Felix. Joao hmm. Felix. I got hmm. in early enough where it's not a bad investment, but like. He not going to be good? It was the biggest bet. Biggest bet that I made. Long term, potentially, but. I mean, I just searched his name and the first thing says why Liverpool should sign Joao Felice. So that'd be good. They should. Like, maybe he's got legs long term. But right now, based on. For me, look, I'm in a very fortunate and grateful position. There was a lot of things that got bought. And even I'm in the black, I guess you say, on Felix. But like, if I went on Mbappe, what I did on Felix. Or if I made other decisions. So that's what I think. The biggest L I made was Interlake Jordan 8. It's half the price that I bought it for. I just wanted to. Uh, I didn't actually tell you guys this, I don't think. Oh, oh, uh, oh big news. I bought my first F1 Dynasty Auto the other day. 
Charles Declare. Yeah. Yeah. Charles Declare PSA 9 nice. uh, Dynasty RPA or uh, Patch Auto out of five. Have PSA you, 9. Have you con- that's awesome. Have you considered what's going to happen next year when they put out 2021 Dynasty? Because a lot of oh. people are like, it's going to be exactly the same. And, but I'm like, it's still the first one. Yeah, I agree. First year will always matter. Yeah. If the product matters in time, if F1 course, cards matter in time, first one will matter. Interesting. This is a banger card. Yeah. So I bought Mickey some metal. F1 cards on uh, Saturday night. All right. So <laughs> we're going to get into play of the week. Play of the week is going to be a little quick this time as we uh, we don't have a whole lot of time left. Uh, but play of the week is brought to you by eBay, your number one stop for all things cards and collectibles. All right, so if you're new here, this is when Jason gives us the plays. We see them in real time without ever seeing them prior. All right, so this is K Hutch 013. So Kyle says, still a huge fan of the pod. I bought a Hero Red Optic out of 99 for $100 in RBI Crew 7's online store. This was the first week of the NBA season and Tyler was playing amazing. I immediately listed on eBay for 250 and it sold a few days later. It goes to show you, you can always check your local con shop's online inventory for good steals. I will attest to this. There are cards that we have listed on our website that people click and I'm like, shoot, I can't even believe that was listed. So, shout out to him for being resourceful. Um, Ty, any thoughts on Tyler Hero or this yeah, play? Yeah, he's playing well, but so is Grayson Allen. Sixth man of the year, Tyler Hero. Yeah. Guy's a beast. He's, he's playing well. I respect him. Good play. Yeah, Rick good Grayson play. Allen's I love it. I love well the there. resourcefulness of looking at... Uh, and shout out to him. Uh, the good deal thing's cool, but support an LCS. I'm all for that. Obviously, owning a local card store, but even outside You own a card that, store? <laughs> love, the, love the LCS support. All right. This is from M- MMA Cardboard. It says, here's my play of the week. I don't have much time to go to shows regularly, so I go over to Com C listings as I would dollar boxes at shows. In April of 2020, about a 2011 Dustin Poirier gold rookie number to 88 for 85 cents on Com C. What? C pick. Poirier had just lost to Khabib and his prices were low. I submitted the card to BGS before the price hike and them closing. This card came back at nine. Since that loss, Poirier is 3-0, and beating uh, beating Dan Hooker and Conor McGregor twice. Yeah, he's he's next in line for a title shot. Listed the card on, e- on eBay and accept- and listened to offers. I accepted an offer of 775 See the pick. Not a bad ROI for an 85 cent card. Panini UFC products have brought a lot of new UFC card collectors to the hobby, but don't sleep on the OG 2009, 2020, 2009 to 2020 tops UFC releases. It's a really good pull. <clears throat> He's a beast. I was at uh, UFC. I've gotten more sick as this show goes on. Um, I was at UFC on Saturday night. It was sick. Yeah, UFC Live is like a very... It was... Chandler Gaethje was another level. And this dude, Poirier, is a beast. Pretty yeah. much ended ended Connor's career twice. Yeah, Connor will be back, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a great 85 pull. cents. It's a great Resourceful, pull. getting in on it early. I mean, that's... It's hard to be... Hard to argue with that. All right, Jay. Respect. This is from Slabs and Kicks 9-6. <laughs> hopefully this one makes oh. it at least on the show uh make a play i love it bought a lewis a lot of lewis base from lou uh in september for 110 dollars. and a couple days later i joined an f1 card group at facebook where i posted that card that i was looking for sergio chico perez cards someone offered me an orange of the 25 straight chain for my lewis base 
I even got paid for the shipping on the Hamilton. Knowing that Chico was part of the Red Bull teammate of Max, I knew his cards were undervalued, so I made this trade. Knowing the Mexico GP was soon, I decided to list it on eBay for $379. Oh, it sold last week for $325, got paid $285, more than twice what I paid for the Hamilton. Huge fan of Checo and Red Bull, but got to keep the ball rolling for better purchases. Shout out to Lou for putting me into F1. Big fan of the show. Let's go. I'm pumped about that. That's amazing. Yeah, I had some I had some extras that I wasn't grading or whatever, and I sold some of them. I, I, rec- I looked to the right, and I was like, I know that name. And I looked to the left, and I saw myself, and I got very confused. So I was like, oh, no, did I just get played? Slabs and kicks 96, baby. It's a great job. Wait, yeah, so I love it. Started so he bought mine and then he joined her Facebook group and bought another. Is that what it was? No, he bought yours, joined a Facebook group, posted it, and then was interested in Checo, traded for it, got the orange oh, for the Lewis he got. Wow. Yeah, oh, this is a much better play than I realized. Do. And you got him into F1. He came to you, bought your card, yeah, flipped it on the one two. Oh, I'm pumped. This is gonna be the winner for me, just so we know. All right, next one. I know. It's kinda hard. It's over. All right, so this is from... Wait, Brendan. never mind. No, it's not over. Oh, Brendan, is it Malaka <laughs> on Twitter? It says, my submission for Play of the Week, not a big wrestling card guy, but notice how much WWE is pushing Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Did some research and found he doesn't have many rookies. This I bought his 2011 up. FCW RC rookie mm-hmm. PSA 7 for 125 in January. The kicker here is it's a pop to none higher. I ended up listing on an eBay recently and accepted an offer for $1,300. Eleven times my return in ten months span, and we'll use the profits towards a high grade Gretzky OPC rookie for the PC. That's phenomenal. I didn't even. I that's a great pull on the FCW. For anyone who doesn't know, FCW is like a minor league wrestling kind of deal where guys go where they start off, especially WWE guys. That's pretty good. It's a great job. That's I don't know how impressive. it was one hundred twenty-five bucks though. That's a great job. Check in pop reports on a PSA seven. That's. Oof. Would have never expected that. I would have never That's been like, oh, PS7, let's check pop. That's crazy. That's, That's good work. pretty good. It? All right, Jay, is that it? Nope, last last one. So this is uh, swook underscore on IG. So here's one Tyler might appreciate. Back in July, I bought a Franz Beckenbauer rookie yeah. sticker for about 1500 all-in via eBay. Beckenbauer is a legend in the footy game, and my thought at the time was to find underrated and underappreciated goats, aside from the big names like Pele, Maradona, etc. This card checked the boxes in terms of rarity, eye appeal, and overall relevance to the sport itself. These stickers are very condition-sensitive, with only two above a PSA 5. I held the card in my vault for a few months, then sold within a day of listing it for $5,000 on my slabs. I'm also a firm believer that well-taken photos will 100% increase overall appeal in the listing. Side note, I definitely, 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 definitely agree with that. To summarize, I put $1,500 in and came out with $5,000 in around three months, which I will take any day. Wow, this play of the week section segment is insane. Yeah, it's the pretty... last three have been on fire. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is work right here. This is July 8th. That's pretty good. I... That's a play right there. Yeah, these are wild. I love how both of them are like very condition sensitive with only two above PSA five. Doing the research dialed on the pop in, reports, yo. dialed yeah, in. Like, dialed in. That's the best way to describe it. Focused. And Franz Beckenbauer, like he's not a fringe guy, but like you at least need to know what you're doing. To you gotta put be a fifteen hundred bucks into him. Like I respect it. Great job. There's still every week. This segment blows. Jay, me can away. you go back through him again? Blows me away. That 10x. 
like the Poirier is like insane. Actually, they're all insane. They're all eighty-five cents. I mean, dude bought a Poirier for eighty-five cents, sold for seven hundred seventy-five dollars. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, he graded. What was the cost? Seventy bucks, seventy-five bucks. No, this is before they closed. This is when it would have been less than like thirty-five or forty bucks. So he's probably all into the card for call of fifty bucks. Yeah, fifty bucks made over seven hundred. Unbelievable! What a week. And he bought it right on the dip. Bought it on the dip right after he got smoked. Yeah. I would say the this is low. the best week we've ever had on Play of the Week. I think that's right. Crazy that card. Buying a card for fifteen hundred dollars is not like something to fucking mess around with. I want to take slabs and kicks. I'm gonna pick the Roman Reigns play though. I'm gonna give wrestling some. Love. I mean, Ty, you talked a lot. We've talked a lot about this on Car Talk before though about like the underappreciated goats. Yeah, I mean, my man went out there and did some digging on this. Found out low pops. So, I mean, this is like the Roman Reigns one is crazy to go in and crazy. do it. Find loose it's and is like is like minor league wrestling card. I'm like. Wrestling people don't get mad at me. It's SVW is like a training ground for young WWE talent. Thank you. I've been coming. It's a breeding ground. I mean, I like the play. Like, I want to pick the F1 because I'm a hot on F1. I don't and even because know where to go. Or they smoked Lou. They he did smoke, smoke me. I, I gave him a good deal because the was card a good, was already it was, a, it was a win, 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 win. Yes. Killed me. I mean, then 85 cent You could have swapped it and sold it for 385. Yeah, you know, I could have. Sorry for being good to the community. I didn't Very know. That, I didn't Very. know that Ryan was all about money. This is sad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, this right. is a number to eighty-eight card for eighty-five cents. Like, respectfully, the fact that this card has no chance in my mind speaks to how crazy the week is. Yeah, that's crazy, crazy, crazy. I'm going with Roman Reigns. You went Roman Reigns. All right, yep. Ryan. I like them all. Like I said, I mean, you, if you go through them again, right, you got the Tyler Hero checking your local card store. I like everything about that. Finding a card, doubling up your money pretty yep. pretty quick. Love that play. Buying a card for $0.85 cents and selling it for $775 is definitely no, like, small play there. Right, That's like value box to the extreme. Like that. Then you go to the F1 play, right? Buying a card for 100 joining an F1 group, getting involved, yeah, making a out. trade, making the play. Get an orange card, knowing the Grand Prix is coming up in Mexico. Like, love that. Then you get the Roman Reigns finding his, like, minor league card, realizing that there's only a pop two as a PSA 7, and there's nothing higher. And then going and doing research on underappreciated or underpriced goats, finding a dude for $1,500. There's nothing above a PSA 5, with only two above a PSA 5. And then selling it for $5,000 within one day of listing it. Wild. 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 So I've breaking it down for me between Poirier because I've seen him wax McGregor the last two fights, and I think buying off of him catching an L on low prices is commendable. The old buy the buy the dip chips with the dip. I'm in the play. So Ty, why why you're thinking uh, again? I've kind of explained my thought process on all of them. Why I like them. The ultimate play to me is this. This this is the Poirier is my play. I will go with Poirier this week. Um, I think, again, I would pick any of these most weeks. This mm-hmm. week, I'm going with Poirier to find something. Just a buzzsaw of a week. Crazy. Best week we've ever had. For to sure. find a card for $1. Yeah. $1. And to sell yeah. it for $775, that is the play. Like, that's Damn. crazy to me. Damn. All the other ones are amazing. I We could Shout pick any of these. Board. These are all good. $0.85 cents to $775. That's my winner. Damn. What a week. 
What a week. I've got Poirier as well. I love the Franz play, but uh, but I think MMA Cardboard takes it. I do have a little mini announcement that the boys may not even know of yet, but we've cooked this up. What we're going to start doing, there's something called POAP. Oh, we're pretty much a, week, right? So the winner is going to receive a custom one-on-one POAP, which is a form of an NFT on Ethereum that's going to signify that you won. It's going to say, I won play of the week with that date. Have a little design. Can um, we get in on this? Then each one's going to get, you win play gonna of get one of these. Yeah. I'm just saying, am I allowed to win play of the week? I, have you submitted a play of the week? Jay did. If you think I'm picking your play of the week ever, you're out of your mind. <laughs> Jay got buried. Jay wanted to pull out. No, Jay buried so himself, that, in case you forgot. Jay, Jay did bury himself. He came on and, and talked himself out of the W. Yeah. You I mean, never, you never keep selling once they've already week. decided to buy. The pull out will be fun. So we're going to do cool. the pull out. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, we're pumped about that. Um, so shout out MMA Cardboard. Good work. What a weird, very, very un- cool. unreal. Good work, Jay. I had no chance against Jimmy. True. Yeah, uh, sh- before we get into the latest launch, as we wrap this up, we've got about two minutes. Shout out to uh, the people for really taking on Jemmy. I mean, that be you know that's a thing. Oh yeah, Jemmy's a thing. I did an interview this past week. We're flex. And my man broke broke out the Jemmy. He did. He broke it out. That's awesome. He broke it out mid interview. I was like, whoa. All right. So real quick, latest launch this week. You've got Triple Threads baseball, OPG Platinum hockey, National Treasures baseball, flawless collegiate football. And Tops Stadium Club Chrome Baseball. So a lot of baseball this week. NT Baseball, Triple Threads Baseball, Stadium Club Chrome. You got an OPG Platinum Hockey. And one of my personal favorites of the year, Flawless Collegiate. High-end collegiate football stuff. You love Big it. fan of like Ohio State patches. Just cool, cool college cards. College football is my stuff. So Just a little sidebar. Did you guys see that the Joker Brothers tweeted at Marky Morris? Did they? I yeah. saw they were in the stands looking like. Who did? The, I don't want to mess. Jokic's brothers, they have a Twitter account, and they tweeted at Morris and said, you should leave this the way it is instead of publicly threatening our brother. Your brother made a dirty play first. If you want to make a step further, be sure we will be waiting for you, Jokic brothers. It's a scary crew. Brothers. The brothers. You it's don't want scary fucking brothers. Crew. And he did. First off, if I was Jokic, I mean, the little blind move is like, but he could have snuck him too, but... Man came up in his rib cage at half like he's a franchise player. It's a reigning MVP. Put some respect on I my name. The only you role player. Saw, the, only, <laughs> wow. the only thing I saw was the was the cheap shot, and then I saw Jimmy like try to get in his face. These Jimmy euro fouls are like now the thing in the NBA that everyone has to take over. That just to like slow down the game, whatever they just foul at half, take the foul, and these they're they're like euro fouls if there's what like a mean? three on two or like a a situation that's like not favorable for the defense to foul? like cut transition they'll foul that's and it's just like take it out on the side so Jokic is taking the man. ball up and it's like a little fast breaky and he gets to half and he pulls up to like pass the ball and morris comes and like fouls him like right in the in the rib cage, like on some like I'm taking the foul but gave him like a little Extra. whatever but well, yeah, kind of his like, thing he does that back. a lot and he bounces back, and the dude starts walking away, and he just runs out of there. Boom! Yikes, Set them flying. But then no one, everyone was shook of Jokic right on the oh. court. You could see it. I didn't yeah. shut it. It's a Balkan man right there. That is a Balkan and, man. And that's how we're going to end it. All right. Yeah. Jokic Brothers tweeting. It's been a week. Jokic Brothers. What a week. What an episode. Peace. Shout out to everybody. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. That's a wrap on Card Talk this week. 
please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen and get notified when we publish a new episode. It'd mean the world to us if you gave us a five-star rating and shared this episode with a friend. We'd love to answer your questions, so email us at cardtalkpod at gmail.com and we'll get to it in the next episode. Card Talk is a 1.37 p.m. podcast and a Gallery Media Group original production.